Chapter 16 of Elves and Heroes by Donald A. Mackenzie. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Matthew Rees. Chapter 16 The Fians of Knockfarrel. A Rossshire Legend. 1. On steep Knockfarrel had the Fians made, for safe retreat, a high and strong stockade around their dwellings. And when winter fell, and o'er Strathpeffer laid its barren spell, when days were bleak with storm, and nights were drear and dark and lonesome, well they loved to hear the songs of Ossian, peerless and sublime, their blind grey bard, grown old before his time, lamenting for his son, the young, the brave Oscar, who fell beside the western wave in Gavra's bloody and unequal fight. Round Ossian they would gather in the night, beseeching him for a song, and when he took his clarsac, from the magic strings he shook a maze of trembling music, falling sweet as mossy waters in the summer heat, and soft as fainting moor-winds when they leave the fume of myrtle on a dewy eve, bound flushed and teeming tarns that all might hear low elfin pipings in the woodlands near. T'was thus he sang of love, and in a dream the fair maids sighed to hear. But when his theme was the long chase that Finn and all his men followed with lightsome heart from glen to glen, his song was free as morn, and clear and loud as skylarks caroling below a cloud in sweet June weather. And they heard the fall of mountain streams, the huntsman's windy call across the heaving hills, the baying hound among the rocks, while echoes answered round. They heard and shared the gladness of the chase. He sang the glories of the Fian race, whose fame is flashed through Alba far and wide. Their valorous deeds he sang with joy and pride, when their dark foemen from the west came o'er the ragged hills, and when on Krumba's shore the Viking hordes descending fought and fled, and one brave Khan who would avenge the red by one-eyed Gaul was slain. Of Finn he sang, and Dermaid, while the clash of conflict rang in billowy music through the hero's hall, and many a Fian gave the battle-call when Ossian sang. Haggard and old, with slow and faltering steps, went winter through the snow, as if its dreary round would ne'er be done. The last long winter of their days, begun ere yet the latest flush of falling leaves had faded in the breath of chilling eaves, nor ended in the days of longer light, when dawn and eve encroached upon the night. A weary time it was, the long strath lay snow-wreathed and pathless, and from day to day the tempests raved across the lowering skies and they grew weak and pale, with hollow eyes, the while their stores shrank low, waiting the dawn of that sweet season, when through the woodlands wan, fresh flowers flutter and the wild birds sing. For winter, on the forelock of the spring, its icy fingers laid. The huntsmen pined in their dim dwellings, wearily confined, while the loud, hungry tempest held its sway. The red-eyed wolves grew bold, and came by day, and birds fell frozen in the snow. Then through the trackless strath a balmy south wind blew to usher lusty spring. Lo, in a night, the snows gan shrinking upon plain and height, and morning broke in brightness to the sound of falling waters, while a peace profound possessed the world around them, and the blue bared heaven above. Then all the Fians knew that winter's spell was broken, and each one made glad obeisance to the golden sun. Three days around Knockfarrel they pursued the chase across the hills and through the wood, round Ussy Loch and Dingwall's soundless shore, but meagre were the burdens that they bore at even to their dwellings. 
to the west, but sorrow not, said Finn, when all dismayed, they hastened on a drear and bootless quest. With weary steps they turned to their stockade. Tomorrow we will hunt towards the east, to hide unscathed, and then make gladsome feast by night when we return. Or ever morn had broken, Finn arose, and on his horn blew loud the huntsman's blast that round the ben was echoed o'er and o'er. Then all his men gathered around him in the dusk, nor knew what dim forebodings filled his heart and drew his brows in furrowed care. His eyes agleam still stared upon the horrors of a dream of evil omen that in vain he sought to solve. His voice came faint from battling thought, and he to Gary spake, Be thou the ward, strong son of Morna, who, like thee, can guard our women from all peril. Gary turned from Finn in sullen silence, for he yearned to join the chase once more. In stature he was least of all the tribe, but none could be more fierce in conflict, fighting in the van, than that grim, wolfish, and misshapen man. Then Finn to Keoalt spake, and gave command to hasten forth before the Fian band, the king of scouts was he. And like the deer he sped to find if foemen had come near, fierce, swarthy hillmen, waiting at the fords for combat eager, or red viking hordes from out the northern isles. In Alba wide no runner could keep pace by Keoalt's side. And ere the Fians, following in his path, had wended from the deep and dusky strath, he swept o'er Klein, and heard the awesome owls that hoot afar and near in woody foulness. And he had reached the slopes of fair Roskeen, ere Finn by Firish came. The dawn broke green, for the high huntsman of the morn had flung his mantle o'er his back. Stooping, he strung his silver bow, then rising bright and bold, he shot a burning arrow of pure gold that rent the heart of night. As far behind the Fians followed, Keoalt, like the wind, sped on, yon son of Ronan, o'er the wide and marshy moor, and thwart the mountainside, by Delny's shore far ebbed and wan and brown, and through the woods of beauteous Balnagown. The roaring streams he vaulted on his spear, and foaming torrents leapt as he drew near the sandy slopes of Nig. He climbed and ran till high above Dunscaith he stood to scan the outer ocean for the Viking ships. Peering below his hand with panting lips agape, but wide and empty lay the sea beyond the barrier crags of Cromarty. To the far skyline lying blue and bare, for no red pirate sought as yet to dare the gloomy hazards of the fitful seas, the gusty terrors and the treacheries of fickle April and its changing skies. And while he scanned the waves with curious eyes, the sea-wind in his nostrils, who had spent a long, bleak winter in Knockfarrel pent, over the snow-wreathed strath and buried wood, a sense of freedom tingled in his blood, the large life of the ocean heaving wide, his heart possessed with gladness and with pride, and he rejoiced to be alive. Once more he heard the drenching waves on that rough shore raking the shingles, and the sea-worn rocks sucking the brine through bared and lapping locks of bright brown tangle, while the shelving ledges poured back the swirling waters o'er their edges, and billows breaking on a precipice, in spouts of spray, fell spreading like a fleece. Sullen and sunken lay the reef, with sleek and foaming lips before the flooded creek, deep bunched with arrowy weed, its green expanse wind-wrinkled and translucent. A bright trance of sun-flung splendor lay athwart the wide blue ocean swept with loops of silvern tide, heavily heaving in a long, slow swell. A lonely fisher in his coracle came round a headland, lifted on a wave that bore him through the shallows to his cave, nor other being he saw. 
the birds that flew clamorous about the cliffs and diving drew their prey from bounteous waters on him cast cold beady eyes of wonder wheeling past and sliding down the wind two the warm sun shone on blind gray ossian musing all alone upon a knoll before the high stockade when oscar's son came nigh his hand he laid on the boy's curls and then his fingers strayed over the face and round the tender chin be thou as brave as oscar wise as finn said ossian with a sigh nay i would be a bard the boy made answer like to thee alas my son the gentle ossian said my song was born in sorrow for the dead oh may such grief as ossian's ne'er be thine if thou wouldst sing may thou below the pine murmuring thy dreams conceive and happy be nor hear but sorrow in the breaking sea and death sighs in the gale alas my song that rose in sorrow must survive in wrong my life is spent and vain a day of thine were better than a long dark year of mine but come my son so lead me by the hand to hear the sweetest harper in the land the wild free wind of spring all o'er the hills and under let us go by tuneful rills we'll wander and my heart shall sweetened be with echoes of the moorland melody my clarsock wilt thou bear and so they went together from knockfarrel long they lay within the woods of brahan and by the shore of silvery conan wended crossing o'er the ford at ackelty where ossian told the tale of finn who there had slain the bold black arky in his youth and ere the tale was ended they had crossed to Terradale, where dwelt a daughter of an ancient race deep learned in lore and with a gift to trace the thread of life in the dark web of fate and she to ossian cried thou comest late too late alas this day of all dark days knockfarrel is before me all ablaze a fearsome vision flaming to mine eyes o beating heart that bleeds i hear the cries of those that perish in yon high stockade o many a tender lad a lonesome maid sweet wife and sleeping babe and hero old o ossian couldst thou see o child behold yon ruddy closing clouds so falls the fate of all the tribe alas thou comest late three when ossian from knockfarrel went a band of merry maidens trooping hand in hand came forth with laughing eyes and flowing hair to share the freedom of the morning air adown the steep they went and through the wood where gary splintered logs in sullen mood pining to join the chase his wrath he wrought upon the trees that morn as if he fought against a hundred foemen from the west till he grew weary and was fain to rest the maids were wont to shower upon his head their merry taunts and oft from them he fled for of their quips and jests he had more fear than e'er he felt before a foeman's spear and so he chose to be alone the air was heavily laden with the odor rare of deep wind-shaken fir-trees breathing sweet as through the wood the maids with silent feet went treading needled sward in light and shade now bright now dim like flowers that gleam and fade and ever bloom and ever pass away upon a fairy hillock gary lay in sunshine fast asleep his head was bare and the wind rippling through his golden hair laid out the seven locks that were his pride which one by one the maids securely tied to tether-pins while gary breathing deep moaned low and moved about in troubled sleep then to a thicket all the maidens crept and raised the call of warning gary leapt from dreams that boded ill with sudden fear that a fierce band of foemen had come near 
The seven fetters of his golden hair He wrenched off as he leapt, and so laid bare A shredded scalp of ruddy wounds that bled With bitter agony. The maidens fled with laughter through the wood, And climbed the path of steep Knockfarrel. Fierce was Gary's wrath when he perceived who wronged him. With a shriek that raised the eagles from the mountain peak, He shook his spear and ran with stumbling feet, And sought for vengeance, speedy and complete. The lust of blood possessed him, and he swore to slay them, but they shut the oaken door ere he had reached that high and strong stockade, from whence, alas, nor wife, nor child, nor maid, came forth again. 4. Soft-couched upon a bank, lay Keowalt on the cliff-top, while he drank the sweetness of the morning air, that brought a spell of dreamful ease and pleasant thought, with memories from the deeps of other years, when Dermaid, unforgotten by his peers, and Oscar fair and young, went forth with mirth, a-hunting o'er the hills around the firth, on such an April morn. He leapt to hear the Fians shouting from a woodland near their hunting call. Then swift he sped apace, with bounding heart, to join the gladsome chase. Stooping he ran with poised uplifted spear, as through the woods approached the nimble deer that swerved, beholding him. With startled toss of antlers down the slope it fled, to cross the open vale before him. To the west the Fians, merging from the woodland, pressed to head it shoreward. All the fierce hounds bayed with hungry ardor, and the deer, dismayed with foaming nostrils, leapt, and strove to flee towards the deep dark woods of Calrossi. But Keowalt, fresh from resting, was more fleet than deer or dogs, and sped with naked feet until upon a loose and sandy bank, plunging his spear into the smoking flank, its flight he stayed. He stabbed it as it sank, the life-blood spurting, and he saw it die, or ever dog or huntsman had come nigh. Then eager feast they made, and after long and frequent fast of winter they grew strong as they had been of old, and of their fare the lean and scrambling hounds had ready share. Nor overfed they in their merry mood, but set to hunt again, and through the wood scattered with eager pace, ere yet the sun had climbed to highest noon. For lo, each one had memory of the famished cheeks and white of those who waited their return by night, in steep Knockfarrel's desolate stockade. O many a beauteous and betrothed maid, and mothers nursing babies, and warriors lying in winter fever's spell, the old men dying, and slim fair lads who waited to acclaim, with gladsome shout, the huntsmen when they came with burdens of the chase. So they pursued the hunt till eve was nigh. In Genie's wood another deer they slew. Keowalt, who stood on a high ridge alone, with eager eyes scanning the prospect wide, in mute surprise saw rising o'er Knockfarrel a dark cloud of thick and writhing smoke. Then fierce and loud upon his horn he blew the warning blast. From out the woods the Fians hastened fast. Lo! When they stared towards the western sky they saw their winter dwelling blazing high. Then fear possessed them for their own, and grief unutterable. And thus spake their wise chief, to whom came knowledge and the swift sure thought. Alas! Alas, an enemy hath wrought black vengeance on our kind. In yonder gleam of fearsome flame, the horrors of my dream are now accomplished. All we loved and cherished, and sought and fought for, in that pyre have perished. White-lipped they heard. Then, wailing loud, they ran, following the nimble Keowalt, man by man towards Knockfarrel, leaping on their spears o'er marsh and stream. MacRithan, blind with tears, tumbled or leapt into a swollen flood that swept him to the sea. But no man stood to help or mourn him, for the eve grew dim, and some there were, indeed, who envied him. 
5. As snarls the wolf at bay within the wood on huntsmen and their hounds, so Gary stood raging before the women who had made secure retreat within the high stockade. He cursed them all, and their loud laughter rang more bitter to his heart than e'en the pang of his fierce wounds. Then, while his streaming blood half-blinded him, he hastened to the wood, and a small tree upon his shoulders bore, and fixed it fast against the oaken door, that none might issue forth. Then once again towards the wood he turned, but all in vain the women waited his return, till they grew weary, for in pain and wrath he lay in a close thicket, brooding o'er his shame and panting for revenge. Then Finn's wife came to set the women to the wheel and loom, with angry chiding, and a heavy gloom fell on them all. Who knoweth, thus she spake, what evil may the Fian men o'ertake this day of evil omens? Yesternight I saw the pale ghost of my sire with white and trembling lips. At morn before my sight a raven darted from the wood, and slew a brooding dove. What fear is mine, for who would defend us if our fierce foemen came? When Gary is against us, much I blame thy wanton deed. The women heard in shame, nor answer made. The sun, with fiery gleam, scattered the feathery clouds, as in a dream the spirits of the dead are softly swept from severed visions sweet. A low wind crept around with faltering steps, and pausing sighed, then fled to murmur from the mountainside amid the pine-tree shade, while all aglow Ben Wivis bared a crest of shining snow in barren splendor o'er the slumbering strath, while some sat trembling, fearing Gary's wrath. Some feared the coming of the foe, and some had vague forebodings, and were brooding dumb, and longed to greet the huntsmen. Mothers laid their babes to sleep, and many a gentle maid sighed for her lover in that lone stockade, and one who sat apart with pensive eye, thus sang to hear the peewee's plaintive cry. Peewee, peewee, crying sweet, crying early, crying late, will your voice be never weary crying for your mate? Other hearts than thine are lonely other hearts must wait. Pee-wee, pee-wee, I'd be flying o'er the hills and o'er the sea, till I found the love I long for, wheresoe'er he'd be. Pee-wee crying, I'd be flying, could I fly like thee. When Gary, who had staunched his wounds, arose, he seized his axe, and gan with rapid blows to fell down fir-trees. Through the silent strath the hollow echoes rang. With fiendish wrath he made resolve to heap the splintered wood against the door, and burn the hated brood of his tormentors, one and all. He hewed an ample pyre, then piled it thick and high, while the sun, sloping to the western sky, proclaimed the closing of that fateful day. But the doomed women little dreamed that they would have such a fearsome end. As Gary lay rubbing the fire-sticks till they gan to glow, he heard a Fian mother singing low. Sleep, O oh sleep, I'll sing to thee. Mulaki, O oh Mulaki. Sleep, O oh sleep, like yon grey stone, Mulaki, mine own. Sleep, O oh sleep, nor sigh, nor fret ye, And the goblins will not get ye. I will shield ye, I will pet ye, Mulaki, mine own. The mother sang, the gentle babe made moan, And Gary heard them with a heart of stone. With fiendish laugh he saw the leaping flames Possess the pyre, he heard the shrieking dames And maids and children wailing in the gloom Of smothering smoke, ere they had met their doom. Then when the high stockade was blazing red, ere yet their cries were silenced, Gary fled, and westward o'er the shouldering hills he sped. 6. A broad faint twilight lingered to unfold the sun's slow-dying beams of tangled gold, 
and the long billowy hills in gathering shade their naked peaks and ebon crags displayed sharp-rimmed against the tender heaven and pale and misty shadows gathered in the vale when Keowalt to Knockfarrel came, and saw, amid the dusk, with sorrow and with awe, the ruins of their winter dwelling laid in smouldering ashes, while the high stockade around the rocky wall, like ragged teeth, was crackling o'er the melting stones beneath, still darting flame and flickering in the breeze. He sped towards the wood, and through the trees called loud for those who perished. On his fair and gentle spouse he called in his despair. His sweet son, and his sire, whose hair was white as wivest snow, he called for in the night. Full loud and long across the strath he cried, the echoes mocked him from the mountainside. Ah, when his last hope faded like the wave of twilight ebbing o'er the hills, he gave his heart to utter grief and deep despair, and the cold stars peered down with pitiless stare, while sank the wind in silence on its flight through the dark hollows of the spacious night and distant sounds seemed near. In his dismay he heard a fian calling far away. The night-bird answered back with dismal cry, like a wounded man about to die. But Keowalt's lips were silent. Once again and nearer came the voice that cried in vain. Then swift steps climbed Knockfarrel's barren steep, and Alvin called with trembling voice and deep to Keowalt, crouching low with bended head. Who liveth? I am here alone, he said. Thus Fian after Fian came to share their bitter grief in silence and despair. All night they kept lone watch until the dawn with stealthy fingers o'er the east had drawn its dewy veil and dim. Then Finn arose from deep and sleepless brooding o'er his woes, and spake unto the Fians, Who shall rest while flees our evil foemen farther west? Arise! But who hath done this deed, they sighed, and Finn made answer, Gary. Then they cried for vengeance swift and terrible, and leapt to answer Finn's command. A cold wind swept from out the gates of morning, moaning loud, as swift they hastened forth. A ragged shroud of gathering tempest o'er Ben Wivis cast, a sudden gloom, and round it, falling fast, it drifted o'er the darkened slopes and bare, and snowflakes swirled in the chill morning air. Then o'er the sea the sun leapt large and bright, scattering the storm and moor and crag lay white, as westward o'er the hills the Fians all in quest of Gary sped. At evenfall they found him, on the bald and rocky side of steep scour Vullen, Gary lay to hide within a cave, which, backward o'er the snow, he entered that his steps might seem to show he had fled eastward by the path he came. All day he sought to flee them in his shame, watching from lofty crag or deep ravine, and crouching in the heath with haggard mien, he sought in vain to hide till darkness cast its blinding cloak betwixt them. When at last Finn cried, Come forth, thou dog of evil deeds, nor respite seek. His limbs like wind-swept reeds trembled and bent beneath him. So he rose, and came to meet his friends who were his foes. Then unto Finn he spake with accents meek. One last request I of the Fians seek, whom I have loved in peace and served in strife. "'Tis thine,' said Finn, "'but ask not for thy life, "'for thou art among the Fians.' "'I would die,' said Gary, "'with my head laid on thy thigh, "'and let young Alvin take thy sword, "'that he may give the death "'that will mine honour be.' "'Twas so he lay to die, "'but as the blade swept bright, "'young Alvin, keen for vengeance, "'swayed and slipped upon the sword, "'and his fierce blow that Gary slew, "'the Fian chief laid low. 
A grievous wound was gaping on his thigh, And poured his life-blood forth. A low, weird cry the great Finn gave, As he fell back and swooned. In vain they strove to staunch the fearsome wound. His life ebbed slowly with the sun's last ray, In gathering gloom. And when in death he lay, The glory of the Fians passed away. End of the Fians of Knockfarrel Recording by Matthew Rees Davenport, Iowa